good. These machines were built by a super brain. There is only one man that could be. A man whose job it is to observe life on many planets, but never to interfere in their affairs. We've entered the home of The Watcher. The Watcher? I wonder where he is now. My spider senses are starting to tingle. Just hang on the Arlarian. Wonder what kind of a scene I'm getting into. And welcome to Behind the Panels, issue 108, the comic book show whose sins are all completely unoriginal. I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. I'm David Longo. In this issue, Marvel launches a series of anti-bullying variant covers in October. Buy them or your friends will think you're a loser. Also, Dwayne Johnson announces his role in Shazam. We guess that makes him... The Rock of Eternity. Oh, oh, I it, see what you did there. Uh, then it's Cloak's Names, God Hates Astronauts, Silent Hill, and even Alice Cooper in what we've been reading, although I think I skipped the last one. Plus, our kick-ass pick of the week, Original Sin, the Marvel event from Jason Aaron and Mike Diodato. This is Behind the Panels. You might know of the original sin. You might know how we're taking you back to 1983 <laughs> with NXS's debut single, Original Sin. I, I feel, love that song. <laughs> I feel like after that we should do the whole... Show when hey, welcome to behind. The well, you know what? We are recording in the middle of the night. We well, very late. Those of you paying attention at home may remember last week that you thought you heard that we were going to be talking about a different title this week. Uh, you might have misheard when we said original sin. You might have heard, thought we said fatal. But I've, I've gone back and I've had a listen to last week's episode, and we did definitely say original sin. Let me play that back again. <laughs> Next week, though, if you're playing along at home and you want to read ahead and maybe you've read it already. Original Sin. <laughs> this is Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. We talk- original Sin. Lady. <laughs> uh, um, this is noir at its, its finest. Which it is. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming, but it was I just, still I hilarious. Know, I just love the fact you spring this stuff on us. <laughs> Wait till we're doing it live. <laughs> Which we should say, this is um, the, the last week before we do our two live the shows. The penultimate. The episode. penultimate. Well, we're not we're not ending this show. <laughs> <laughs> but we are we might end after we do two live shows. <laughs> Next week's show, for those of you in Sydney, can come along and see us record it live at the Old Those in any other state, fly up here now. Fly up here now. <laughs> <laughs> Book your tickets. I, th- I think Qantas are doing some deals uh, at the moment. No, but uh, uh, Glebe Island uh, Convention Centre. You can Center. stay at Dave's house. <laughs> you can stay at Dave's house. <laughs> Uh, you you uh, well, you'll, you'll be up shooting in the Blue Mountains. I'll be maybe uh, I might even die there. So rent it, rent it. <laughs> in all seriousness, it's okay. While we die on stage, you yeah. can yeah. <laughs> rent. As I've said on this show before, unsealed roads in the uh, nighttime. Photography. Rent out your room in Sydney while you're up there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. a bit of cash on the side. No, but we're going to be uh, doing two shows live at Oz Comic Con. We'll be doing one on the Saturday the 13th and one on Sunday the 14th of September. Um, on stage four, we know now. We know the times set. now, too. We know the times. So on Saturday, it's at 2 p.m. We'll be joined, and we know we'll be joined by artist Freddie E. Williams, who you'll know from things like Robin, Green Arrow, the DC Comics Guide to Digitally Drawing Comics, um, to talk about the Alan Moore and Brian Bolland classic 
Batman the Killing Joke. Then on Sunday, it's 1 p.m., still stage four, and we confirm that writer Ryan K. Lindsay, who's doing excellent work on Headspace, Dear Editor, and Fatherhood, and he's very keen to talk about our book on Sunday, which is Frank Miller and David Mazzuccelli's Batman Year One. Now, we should also stress that there probably will be a secondary guest on each of these shows. We just don't have their names yet. <laughs> no, we're still working that out with Oz Comic Con because they're, they're, they've been busy as we're talking right now. They're busy polishing off day one of the first Brisbane Oz Comic Con. Mm. So a lot of firsts happening this week for Oz Comic Con. So, uh, but while we're waiting uh, for that to happen, I think it's time we took a trip in the Wayback Machine. What do you reckon? Cool. We haven't done that for a while. I come only to retrieve my sphere. Thanks to its power, the leader is undone. You recall, I tried in vain to warn him. I remember. Now, I return to my rightful place. Ere I go, I shall return you to yours. Thus, the Incredible Hulk is finally returned to his cave. Free of the evil leader, but forever trapped in a monster's body. Do you think Jason Aaron read that or listened to watch that back <laughs> in the 60s and thought, yeah, Orb, let's do that. My question is, was that supposed to be the watcher? Because that's not how I picture his voice. <laughs> no, I did not. No. <laughs> I've been watching you. <laughs> find the watcher just inherently creepy, don't you? Well, he's he's the ultimate voyeur. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Which is what gets him into trouble. That's why someone put a bullet in his head. <laughs> he looked at the wrong girl's window. Is what he like did. Norman Bates. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't watch a fly. <laughs> yeah, well, look, um, we, we did. We may have changed uh, tack slightly for this week's pick, mostly because we're preparing the live shows and Fatal is 24 issues. Well, yeah, and we gave ourselves lots of time and then we started to read Fatal and it's like, Oh my God, we've bitten off more than we could chew, even with two weeks lead up. I actually did get halfway through it, um, and we will come back to Fatal. Yeah, so what we think of doing after the, those of you who started reading Fatal, and good on you. We're going to read it live on uh, air. <laughs> we're going to do it panel by panel, live on stage. I will say this about the, the 15 issues I've read so far. It's really good. Don't get yeah. me, it's, it's really good, and we will come back to it. Um, uh, when we do come back to it a couple of weeks from now, I guess. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll probably do it after the shows, but uh, I think because we've got that, we've got a few things coming up actually immediately after that because we've we've uh, we've got in the can a a interview with Laramie Taylor yes. that we're going to be putting out shortly after the live show. We're going to give ourselves actually behind the scenes. We're going to take a week off, uh, sort of. Uh, well, but- you get a week off. Yeah, I still have to edit the shows and get them. Well, actually, out. no, we're still recording news that week. Actually, we don't true. take no, any we, time no, off. We're not at taking all. any time off, dude. No, no. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, Longo here yeah, is just up I'll in the mountains just yeah. lazily shooting a film. <laughs> Hanging out with Alan Moore, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> up in the back mountains with his... <laughs> well, of course he is. What's uh, <laughs> that technology what you, you have <laughs> on your... <laughs> <laughs> it records more than stills? Images and sound? <laughs> um, I, 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 that's, that was my Alan Moore. Okay, cool. <laughs> Not since the movie. Yeah, like, have we mentioned that it's late at night? Yeah, uh, this is a really <laughs> odd time for us to record because of... Of 
Father's Day and mm. screenings and all other commitments. Father's Day, what's that? Yeah, well, see, I'm a father. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, when, when Dave said 4 a.m., I thought, geez, really? <laughs> well, so we, we thought we would yeah. actually get together and actually record. Thought it's, it's a little later than I normally yeah. get up, but yeah. I think the sun's <laughs> rising. A <laughs> little, bit, little bit later than we would normally record on a Saturday night, but we got it, we're going to get it done. Well, despite the fact. We might be a little bit giddy by the end yeah. of it. But <laughs> well, we didn't read Fatal or Fatal. Um, but we did read uh, some other things this week, so it's time to hit button number four. Where? Looks like we got ourselves a reader. Read between the lines, bitch. You're going to be stuffed at Oz Comic Con when you don't have button number four. <laughs> no, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do. I've got to work that out sometime. Between I'll, now I'll and teach then. you how to use Keynote. It's all right. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> what we're going to do is uh, we're going to talk about a few books that came out this week. Cloaks number one came out. Uh, did anyone get a chance to read this other than me? No, I didn't, unfortunately. Uh, it's, the, the setup's pretty cool. It's um, this guy that does uh, sort of magic acts in, in just pop-up places around the city in Central Park, or in New York rather, and uh, he's always in a mask and he just tweets out, be at this place in 30 minutes and he gets a crowd there and he uses it as a cover to steal people's things. Oh, and cool. a, but he also does that to, to, to break into places as well. But then people catch, someone, some big organisation catches on to him and rather than uh, trying to punish him, they try to hire him. So that's kind of the setup for this. So I, I kind of like where this is going. So two things on that. First of all, what studio does it come from? Boom. <laughs> and secondly, just for old time's sake, it's on my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't get to Grendel versus the Shadow this week, but I did read a couple of Future's End books from Oh, DC. God, I avoided the Future's End books. Look, I read the obvious one for Is me. it true yeah. that the covers tell you everything you need to know? Pretty much. Mm. Uh, I read the one for Green Arrow, obviously, mm. uh, because I don't know if you know. There is an Earth 2 one, which I'm going to read. So. There is an Earth 2 one. It's not written by uh, Tom. No, 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 I know. Just, yeah. Yeah. And it's not drawn by Nicola but either. The thing so. I liked about the Green Arrow uh, Future's End number one, one shot, was that, just to use its <laughs> full title, was that it's actually Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. Oh, they actually did that. it. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. And, it, and they've jumped forward five years. Uh, because if you've been reading, I only, I haven't read. I'm not up to date with the Futures End Weekly because it's weekly. Mm. Um, well, it's up to issue 490 or something. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I, I, David, we're going to have to have a thread about math. So, Let's, so, so next week we'll, we're going to do that <laughs> <laughs> right after we do Spider Island. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll do we'll do Futures End. We'll do uh, Batman Eternal. Oh yeah, and uh, Spider Island as as just as a single week. Piece. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds like that'll be immediately after the live. Shows, yeah, we'll and, and once we get through Fatal, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that'll be a hell of a show. <laughs> uh, so the, 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 that one's a good one because if you if you'd read the Futures in Weekly thing in the first two issues of that, they kill off uh, mm. Green Arrow five years in the future. Oh, I did hear about this. Yes, and so they, you go back. This this sort of goes back and gives you a little background up to that. And the great thing about it is you get to see an older Ollie running around with a beard and all. Uh, and the hood and stuff, and you kind of think, getting closer to, to yeah. my version. So I'm wondering whether or not DC is just going to leap everything ahead now, five where years. where did I read this? Because I actually read, there's a little bit of a preview to this. You might have the read the first issue day. of um, Free Comic Book Day. Oh, it's it? Future's End. Yes, the you actual Future's, Future's End book. Yeah. book. That's yeah. what they actually talk the about. Weekly. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where I think we um it. we talked about it here on the show. We, we did. We yeah, read yeah. one have been two, about yeah. seventeen weeks ago or something. Yeah. Four hundred years ago, yeah. <laughs> 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 in the early dawn, <laughs> <laughs> the dawn of man. 
<laughs> now, when uh, will it end? Uh, one of the other books that I want to talk about that came out this week was, of course, Silent Hill Downpour and Story, number one. Now, I'm not a Silent Hill player. I've played a few of the Silent Hill games uh. Uh, in the past, back on the PS2, because uh, a friend of mine really wanted me to get into these and kept sending me copies mm. of Silent Hill games. And, like, you know, I like Silent them. Hill 2 is amazing. Silent Hill 2 is yeah. phenomenal, yeah. Uh, but this is the main reason I want people to check this one out because it's uh, Tristan T-Rex Jones. Uh, he's an Australian artist, uh, Melbourne-based, uh, who we've got to know over the last couple of years. And this is some of his finest work. Oh, the art is gorgeous. This mm. I did read. Yeah. And I, quite frankly, didn't understand no, it. No, I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Because yeah, I didn't I understand it. you needed to be a Silent Hill fan. To Maybe, and you may have needed to read the other issues. I don't know. It just yeah, feels, I, no I felt lost. Yeah. But, but it, it is did, it did so feel nice. To, it's yeah. so nice yeah. to look at. It is yeah. just gorgeous. I, I really like that. The other thing I want to quickly mention is the names, mm. number one. Uh, I did read this too. I quite, li- I quite like yeah, this. Same here. This is a really, really intriguing setup. It's the idea that obviously this is corporate people who are being encouraged to kill themselves and there seems to be a shadowy organisation behind this. The, what is he, the surgeon? The, the surgeon. Who's yeah. This really elongated, smiley, Joker-esque mm, Joker face. face, yeah. Uh, and of course, one person's wife isn't convinced that he really committed suicide and that sort of starts the investigation. Yeah. But it's a really interesting setup. I liked it. I'm actually sticking with this. I thought this was actually a really interesting book. I really liked the little side stories as well. Like I like she goes out to see the son who may or may not be slightly autistic because he's mathematics whiz and so forth. But then it turns out the kid actually has a fixation with her. You know, yeah, and yeah, so there's yeah. all these little details in it. I really enjoyed this. I thought this was and the fact that the 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 names, mm. the whatever they are, are basically waging war against computers and they're trying to crack the the, the code. Um, it's interesting. It's a really interesting book. I liked it. This is uh, Milligan's written this for uh, Vertigo. Yeah. And Vertigo's just hitting out of the park at the moment. Yeah. This is almost like a, a new Vertigo renaissance mm. at the moment. Um, I'll, I was going to mention these the other way around, but I'll, I'll do it this way instead. Uh, Death of Wolverine. Uh, number one. Um, Look, spoilers for issue one. He doesn't die. He doesn't die. No. <laughs> one yet. month to die. Because yeah. yeah. uh, I think this is a weekly book at this point. Because number two. Do we know how many week. issues it's going to be? Four. Four. Thank God they're not going to milk this because it's, it's four plus the eight Wolverine ongoing yeah, they're, titles they're every six months, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, I mean, obviously, like, I mean, I think any even slightly non-cynical comics reader will know that they're not going to kill off their biggest cash cow. No. Uh, so maybe it's the end of Wolverine as we know him. He'll get a new haircut at the end of this. I don't know. <laughs> um, but look, you know, it, it's five some, years later. The one thing some, I will give this book <clears> though, <throat> I really like the art in this. The art's beautiful. I thought it was really, really beautifully drawn. Um, I do like the Steve idea. Steve McNiven. Yeah, it's McNiven, uh, isn't it? Yeah. I do like the idea. I like the setup, the idea that his healing factor is gone and it's purely because of his strength and other senses that are keeping him going because as Reed points out, Reed Richards points out, with all that metal inside him, yeah, you know, yeah. what keeps him basically I, I like the idea that like he's got this metal inside him that's irradiated because he was probably in Nagasaki. Yeah. Mm. So his, his metal's been irradiated, but he, he um, you know, has been his healing factor has taken care of that yeah. and all the bacteria from every time he pops his claws and things like oh, that. Oh, and what's it, the uh, possibly getting heavy metal uh, leukemia yeah. because of the metal in his body and all this sort of stuff because his healing factor has got. It just shows you how much he relied on that healing yeah, factor. Yeah, and they're saying it's amazing that he can even still move with yeah. all the metal in his So body. it's an intriguing so, setup. Mm. It's an, and now, of course, everybody and their dog is gunning for him Yeah, uh, because now he's killable. 
You know, so Reed Richards can fix him. He just needs more time. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one's going to come down to the wire somehow. I think somehow, I think it's going to get right down to issue four and then lead into another miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> the afterlife of the Wolverine. Wolverine. <laughs> oh, no world without a Wolverine. Yeah. And the return of Wolverine. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, but the other one that I really, really, really need to talk about <laughs> He's a new watcher Is, yeah, is uh, God Hates Astronauts Because mm. this book was, to coin a phrase, batshit crazy <laughs> It was, oh my god Like this is like, to give you an idea Jeff Darrow did a um, variant cover for, one of the, for the issue one And it feels like a Jeff Darrow book uh, it's not by Jeff Darrow. Jeff Darrow's only done the variant cover. He's got nothing to do with this book at all. But what, there's an Admiral Tiger eating cheeseburger. It's his full name. <laughs> it's Admiral name, yeah. Tiger eating cheeseburger. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. in every shot, like a, he's, he's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a guy <laughs> with a tiger's head eating a cheeseburger. In every shot, there's, there's all of his his soldiers, and he feels a little bit like uh, what's the the um, the guy on Futurama, the the space captain. Oh, uh, oh, oh yeah, Zap Brannigan. Zap Brannigan. You know, Admiral Zep Tiger Brannigan. eating a cheeseburger feels a little bit Zap Brannigan. Uh, you've got, uh, but you've also got King or Emperor Tiger eating a cheeseburger, who's his father, and that's got a little bit of a, a, a Prince, a King Robot thing happening for him there, <laughs> like from Saga. All of the minions are crabhead people, and then there's these farmers, right, <laughs> who are living out. And I, I've got a bit of choice dialogue here. There's these farmers who are living out, who are committing uh, acts. Um, against um, God and nature, because he's married. There's some sort of he's married a rooster, basically, in this thing. And uh, he's, he's going. It was three years ago before I had awoken to my full potential as a Lord Astro Farmer. I was just a simple farmer who longed for the comfort and pleasures and companionship and or sexual intercourse, but true love had always eluded my penis. <laughs> <laughs> Until, like a bolt of lightning to the penis, I had found my life partner. There in a tiny cage at the farmer's market, I found my one true love. <laughs> um, I bought that sweet lady and named her Hennifer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, ma- he marries the rooster, but then eventually transplants her head into the body of a woman. But then she's actually then walking around with the head of a rooster. It's very strange. And this is the and then there's like this 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 there's a hippo thing floating hippo ghost guy that comes after them. The book is nuts, but I think I love it. <laughs> I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And what's the the ghost free? 3D cowboy. This is 3D cowboy ghost who comes in and narrates the whole thing, and then just pops up every now and then. And goes, "Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Are you enjoying the issue? <laughs> Are you enjoying it so far? <laughs> it's crazy. I love it. It's almost. I mean, like Rocket Raccoon came out this week, and it, it tries to be crazy in that Scotty Young style, and it's pretty off the wall. You know, Saturday morning cartoon crazy. This is legitimately nuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also noticed that there was a couple of interesting things in Legendary Star Lord number three this week uh, that they're really kind of making really self-referential comments to the movie because there's at one point, for some reason, he's got a, a communicator with Kitty Pride back on Earth, and that must have happened during. Oh, the that happened. That happened during Bang, uh, during um, Battle of the Atom. Battle of the Atom, right. where they had that kind of thing. He actually yeah. gave a communicator. So to they Kitty seem Pride. to be developing a little bit of relationship there. But at one point, just she sorry, sorry. Can we to, pause yeah. for a second? It's amazing that you remembered that. You remembered yeah, the, something from I Battle only, of the Atom. I only remembered when Guardians showed up. Yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> well, she turns up and she's got this, this amazing. Uh, she she's dressed as a banana at one point. 
Uh, to, <laughs> just to scare off. The you other can't just that. throw that down. <laughs> she was dressed like a banana. <laughs> well, he asked her to put on like something a scary costume, uh, and because she's appearing as a hologram. So he asked her to put on a scary costume to like appear to the jailers to scare them off. So she grabs her Halloween costume, which happened to be a giant banana, and comes in going, Ooga Shaka, Ooga, Ooga, Ooga Shaka. So they're obviously doing that as a reference to the thing. There's a whole lot of references to the movie in there as well. He's got this little wristband that's like WWRRD. And it was like, what would Rocket Raccoon do? <laughs> it's in a situation that cuts to him and it's like Rocket Raccoon holding a guitar going, just make it up as you go along. <laughs> so it's a very straight, it's, it's becoming a very sort of off the wall comedic book on, on par with Rocket Raccoon. While you've got this very serious thing happening over in Bendis's mm. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. So it's the counterpoint for the, for the, uh, the cinema crowd. The I think. Lightening it up. Yeah, I think so, which it needs, really. Mm. Uh, quickly, we'll mention next week coming out is Teen Dog Number One. No idea what that that is, but it's from Boom. Uh, Wild's End Number One, which has caught my attention again because it's from Dan Abnett and Ian J. Colbert, who are again the new Dead yep, Audience yep. team. Uh, Prometheus Fire and Stone. This is the first issue of the big crossover thing that's happening between Predator, Alien, and Prometheus. Uh, they're doing a big comics crossover of that, and that's being tied together by a bunch of Portland, uh, Oregon-based writers, including Kelly Sue DeConnick. Interesting. So, okay. And Paul Tobin, people like that. So uh, of the Future's End books that come out next week, Batgirl Future's End is the one that's caught my attention because it's Gail Simone. Uh, there's a Dawn Vampirella number one crossover. I'm there. A book called, and I think uh, J. Scott Campbell's involved in that, uh, Rotten Ruin is out, number one's out next week. 68 Homefront number one is out next week. You may remember a little while ago there was a a book that was zombies during the Vietnam War. Yep, yep. And this is the Homefront stories happening there. Copperhead number one, Death of Wolverine number two, as we mentioned. Um, Hawkeye number 20 is out next week, uh, which is, it's been a while since we've had a Hawkeye I'm glad you clarified that because I'm looking at that going, (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, the second issue of Doctor Who, The 11th Doctor, which has been a good little series at the moment. So, uh, a lot to read. We probably won't cover all of those next week at the live show because we'll probably cover a few of the books that we might pick up on the day as very, well. Very, very possible. Uh, yeah. what we're, we're, we'll be experimenting next week because that's what we like to do when we're in front of people is get a little yeah, experimental. We, <laughs> the day that we need to be most planned, we're going to wing it. <laughs> <laughs> all I can say is LNZ. <laughs> uh, until then, let's have a few of these, I believe it's called news headlines. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson has announced that he will play Black Adam in the forthcoming Shazam film. (laughs) Marvel has announced the first new Miracle Man stories are coming in December from Grant Morrison, with art by Marvel's chief creative officer, Joe Quesada. The second story from the Miracle Man annual will be by uh, writer Peter Milligan and artist Mike Allred. Charles Saul has confirmed he will make mine Marvel after signing an exclusive contract with the publisher. Saul will remain on DC's Red Lanterns and Swamp Thing until March 2015. 
DC Comics is relaunching Secret Six in December with writer Gail Simone and artist Ken Lashy. Simone called it the Twin Peaks of superhero comics. Of course it is. Marvel <laughs> released a series of stomp out bullying variant covers in October to commemorate National Bullying Prevention Month. Humanoids will reprint Jean-Claude Forrest's Barbarella graphic novel starting in September with a translated script by Kelly Sue DeConnick. In some cases, these are the first time they have appeared in English. Gestalt Comics will be launching a new title at Oz Comic Con Brisbane, in fact they already have, with a convention-exclusive print edition of Fly, written by Andrew Constant and illustrated by Catherine Mann. Read Pop, the people behind New York Comic Con, PAX, and partners with Oz Comic Con, have announced that they will strategically partner with Comic Con India. AMC has ordered a pilot for a comp- companion series to The Walking Dead, set to start production in late 2014. Arrow Season 3 adds Matthew Nabel to its cast as, the, n- <laughs> as the nefarious Ray's Al Ghul. He's Australian and a former rugby player, apparently. Oh, X-Men Apocalypse will shoot in Montreal again, with cameras set to start rolling in April 2015. Before we go on, what do we think about The Rock's casting? I'm surprised he's not Shazam, quite frankly. Mm, mm. Well, I think, uh, yeah, because he apparently tweeted a while ago that he was considering which part he wanted to play, whether it was going to be uh, Black Adam or <laughs> Billy Shazam. Batson. Billy Batson. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he says Shazam, he gets really little. <laughs> he thought, you know, in the end he said, I'm going to play Mary Marvel, you know. <laughs> Shazam in a skirt, I could see that. Yeah. No, what is it? Uh, the rock in a skirt. I can see that. <laughs> Shazam in a skirt. Shazam in a skirt. Wow. <laughs> it's late. Have I reminded you how late it is? <laughs> it's, it's technically early. We said it's 4 o'clock well, in the morning. Yeah. Uh, but it's 4.30 uh, now. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's 4.24 now, yeah, to be yeah, fair. That's true. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I can see him because maybe it's the appeal of the villain. And he, is, and he described him as an anti-villain. Uh, in the press, so maybe they're playing him as the kind of likable rogue, sort of like Loki in the Avengers films, where mm. you know you don't know whether you love him or hate him. Uh, but apparently, he, I've also been reading about Shazam that it's going to be isolated; it won't be within the other DC. Yeah, New Line's doing this one as well. Yeah, so oh, it's, apparently, it's not being tied into the whole Justice League thing. I just think that doing. it's The Rock, so it'll be good. <clears throat> Just full stop. You know? Yeah, the Rock has never been bad. Pecs move, dude. We're, we're when has in. the Rock been bad? There's a, there's a question. Do you think there's going to be because I've made the joke in the the He's, intro the Rock about is just the genius. Rock of Eternity. You think when they mention the Rock Eternity in the movie, he'll just turn to camera and raise an eyebrow? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Rock has charisma, which is what the DC universe really needs in its movies. Actually, the DC movies are really lacking charisma. Yeah. Maybe so. it's because like they got because they're no jokes. Policy. The no jokes policy. They're yeah. setting that outside continuity so they can just go free yeah, for all jokes. Let's go. You. You do your rock thing, son. Just over there in little rock. Question lane. is, who do you find who is as big and as imposing as the Rock to play Shazam? Um, Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> but can he do it? That's the question. Um, it's a shame Joan Rivers died this week. Oh. <laughs> the thing is, uh, the great thing about Joan—I mean, Joan Rivers—you can start the jokes immediately because she probably would have it. Yeah, been yeah absolutely. Else. Yeah. So she'd approve of that. Yeah, we, we lost a couple of great comedians. This has been approved by Joe Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should probably do this pick of the week, shouldn't we? Uh, which one is it again? <laughs> <laughs> is it by for, Rick Remender. It's, it's Fatal, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We'll find out after I press button seven, eight. <laughs> okay. Well, see how you like this. What is it, Batman? Whatever it is, it's it's awfully funny. <laughs> it's the pick of the week. For untold eons, he has observed us from on high. He is the Watcher. And now, he is no more. Who killed the Watcher? 
a mystery that will carry the heroes of Earth to the remotest corners of the Marvel Universe and force them to confront their own darkest secrets. Original Sin. Everybody has one. What's yours? A Marvel Comics event. I read comics. Wow, Richard, your voice is amazing in that one. <laughs> yeah, I've, been, I've been working out. Uh, <laughs> very, very symbolic of the average average reader of comics. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, it was... probably gives you an indication of how big this this book was, that mm. it had a trailer. <laughs> yeah, it's like, who is the Watcher and who killed him, right? <laughs> well, actually... It's <laughs> yeah, true, actually. Yeah, yeah. Actually, his name is Uatu. Yeah. And I believe, I believe it's pronounced Watu. Is it Watu? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Let's do the whole review like this. Yeah. Like, we're some elitist nerds. <laughs> <laughs> you, mean, you mean we haven't been doing that up <laughs> Go back and listen to our Wake episode. Oh, dear uh, me. But it's, uh, All right, let's, let's, let's get grounded here. Okay, right, look, original the thing scene. Is, the thing is, we'd, we'd been a little disillusioned in the last couple of years with Marvel events. Mostly, and look, you know, to be realistic, most events have to lead into something else because otherwise, what's the point of having an event? You know, otherwise, it's just big event and it ends. Oh, wait, and wait, wait. wait. You could tell just a really good, tight, concise story. I'm sorry, just being silly. <laughs> no, but the thing You're is, speaking in tongues, sir. <laughs> yeah, no. and the thing is, like, I just finished writing something about, you know, comics in the 90s and, and we are kind of leaning back towards that but sales you know the sales figures then versus now even sales figures 10 years ago when because uh, the other bit I've been writing is about the early 2000s when Kevin Smith was writing and like a top five, like a number five book was was still selling you know huge mm, uh, mm. sales but now you know you're lucky to break 100,000 if you're in the top 10 so we, we've, we're in a situation where we're, 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 we're catering to a very specific market so you need you need something to keep the readers you've already got to keep mm. reading and I think something that ultimately happens, we'll get into spoilers later in the in the episode, but I think something that ultimately happens by the end of the series that, it, yes, it does set up other books, but it feels organic mm. as a result of doing it. It feels like it moves characters into position to do something new in the Marvel Universe. And I think that's the distinction we want to draw at the start of this. When we're talking about events, we often talk about events that are purely there to set up another event. And that's frustrating because you don't actually get the conclusion. Yeah. No, that. I agree with you. And I think and that this is actually, this event concludes, yeah. which and is lovely. When we're talking about Original Sin and this one, we're mainly talking about the eight issues by Jason Aaron and Mike yeah. Diodato. There were a couple of point issues in there as well. Mm. I didn't read mm. those. I just I. read the straight eight. Yeah. And I don't feel as though I suffered from it. The only I read other a couple thing- of the tie-ins, like the Daredevil and the I, I read the ones Just that- the ongoings that I yeah. was reading. Yeah, yeah exactly. But they didn't really tie in, did no, they? No, I'm not even talking no. about those tie-ins. In the actual numbering order of yeah, the actual oh, original yeah, sins. Okay, it was like 5.1. Yeah. And then there was original sins. Yeah. I read a couple of those. And, and then there was just, also yeah. other like little mini-series. There was like Thor and Loki original sin and stuff well, like that. Well, that was part of the point one. So oh, Thor okay. and Loki was... 5.1 and 5.2, I oh, think okay. it was. And then there was an Iron Man one as well, I think, which was 7.1 yeah, so 7. or whatever we're, it was. We're talking about the main series. And the main series basically starts off with The Watcher, who, as you've, you've probably guessed from uh, all the clips we've played this so far on this episode, is a little bit voyeuristic. Yeah. He's <laughs> uh, a big bald dude who lives on the moon and sees everything. So just to clarify, just for people who want to be completionists, uh, 3.1, 3.2, and 3.3. Do it in the voice, Dave. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, uh, we're Hulk. 3.1. <laughs> Hulk versus Iron Man were those. And then later in the series, there was... Um, 
Oh, where are they? There was another one, which was the Loki. The Loki. I don't have those here. But there was the other ones, which was Loki Thor. So there was, right. so there was two little groupings of points yeah. in the middle of it, which but I thought were weird that they did that. Mm, but yeah, but the core series was pretty solid by itself. Yeah, and you don't need them. You don't feel like you missed anything. No, because there've been other events that have come out even this year mm. where if you haven't read all those mm, sort of branch mm. things. Infinity. <coughs> yeah, me. Infinity Sorry. was a great example yeah. of that. Between like, you know, issue two Although and issue I did, three Although I did love the heck out of Infinity, personally. I did actually I did. quite like yeah. it by the end But of I read it. all the tie-ins. And everything. Yeah, and I was yeah. reading Avengers and New Avengers at the time and a few yeah. of the other. You had to read all those things. Basically, you had to read three titles simultaneously to get mm. that. Whereas with Original Sin, I find that if you read the eight issues, you didn't miss anything. You know, end of issue one went straight into issue two and so forth. Um, all the big revelations happened in the Original Sin book. Yep. Uh, there were consequences that flowed into other books, but that's you would expect that in any mm. event because uh, an event necessarily affects all titles and yep. the line. Uh, so this is one where if you're reading Marvel comics at the moment, you kind of need to read Original Sin because it does affect everything. But And, and the main effect, because the, basically the, the plot is that uh, the Watcher's being found murdered on the moon and his eyes are missing. And it unfolds that his eyes are what contain the secrets to everything that he's seen. What he's seen, exactly. And there's this sort of Z-grade character called the Orb who has an eye for a head, uh, has got one of them. Who is one of possibly the most stupid characters ever created in Marvel, <laughs> next to MODOK, maybe. But, but somehow, <laughs> somehow he yeah. was really interesting in this. They made him compelling. Yeah, Jason Aaron writes a, writes a really good character here and, and made him somehow... That, that Zed greatness made him desperate and and and, and they didn't hide the it's, fact it's suddenly like you know like the Zed grade characters got the power to take out the entire mm. Marvel universe. It's almost it's like, like a well, brilliant, what do I do with it? It's yeah. like a you brilliant know? decision to make too, because you know when you have famous villains like you know I don't know the Joker or Penguin or like any of the Batman Rogue Gallery mm. for example, like you get the sense they are going to come back eventually, like they're not going to be wiped out, the they'll never die. Whereas you get someone Z grade and immediately raises like, the stakes. Yeah. Well, who is this? Like this person could potentially kill everybody, you know, or, yeah, yeah. or could die, or could die. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing because there's genuine, there's genuine stakes on the table because you, he's an unknown factor. Mm. You're right because the whole Batman Joker dichotomy is like, yeah, well, they're going to keep fighting till the end of time. And, yeah, exactly. Exactly. and the, yeah. the other, yeah. the other main villain is is Midas, who who give, who cares yeah. about him mm. either? You exactly. Know? So they got those two things playing out, but <coughs> but somehow again, I think. As Dave just said, that makes it a stronger story somehow. Absolutely. It makes it a little <clears throat> bit more unpredictable as well. Well, the, the turning point in this is when uh, the orb un- unveils the eye and that causes everyone to suddenly have all these secrets exposed, mm. and which is a cascade effect that ripples throughout the rest of the series. That's when you start getting a lot of these branch-off issues. Like yeah. uh, in Daredevil, for example... He, he suddenly remembered his father being abusive when, when he was younger and that's what drove his mother away. But that mm. sort of led into, that was sort of a false memory because it was, it, was, it was remembered from a slightly wrong angle. And um, In Guardians of the Galaxy, we're still in the middle of that. That's the, mm. uh, the reveal of what happened to Richard Ryder. Mm. Um, so that's, that's what they've done to sort of just, just plunge those dark corners of the Marvel Universe, which we may not have seen before, and gives you a little bit of extra uh, uh, grit to some mm. of these characters. And I think that's, that's a good way of doing it. Yeah. Um, but then the main thrust of the story as you follow it through then leads you to the reveal of several characters, including the very prominent Nick Fury Sr., mm. uh, who's the, 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 the original old eye patch dude from the, <laughs> the original yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D., Yesterenko kind of mm. uh, Nick Fury Sr., who 
I think guess the big reveal is actually the the big turning point in this is you find out that um, <laughs> um, the Winter Soldier has decapitated Nick Fury Senior, <laughs> but that leads to the revelation that there are dozens, if not hundreds, of life model decoys. Yeah. And raises the question, where's the real Nick Fury? And that that starts yeah. off a whole other thing. But meanwhile, you've got these interesting little dynamics floating around. You've got things like the Punisher and Doctor Strange yes. yeah. in the Netherworld doing stuff, which I, I don't know. I thought that was, I loved it. I yeah. want a yeah. whole series yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see the Doctor. I'd love to see well, <laughs> Strange um, and Punisher have a mini series. There's together. a feeling really you get good. from it that like that they're kind of. Focusing on the characters for the Marvel movie universe. Well, also, no, but it was also very interesting because one of the things that you find out as this story starts to unfold is that Fury is kind of looking for a recruit. Mm. And so it's a very distinct group of characters. So it's not the whole Marvel universe in this case. It's a very distinct group mm, of people. You have a a collection of people like you have Winter Soldier, Moon Knight and Gamora in space. Mm. You have Doctor Strange and the Punisher on the astral plane. And you have Black Panther, Ant-Man and Emma Frost close to the Earth's core. Mm. A different, different. And throughout it, you also have Rocket Raccoon, Mm. who at one point actually says, I don't even know why. (laughs) (laughs) But as Dave said, I reckon that's just a sort of thrown in to sort of go, yep, that's for the, that's for the, because he's yeah. popular now. Yeah. So people know who that is. So let's throw him <laughs> in there. But you sort of get those sort of moments, uh, you know, the big holy, uh, as one article I'm looking at here says, you know, the big holy crap moment at the end of issue three is the, uh, you know, apparent death of Nick Fury. And that sort of leads into the whole life model decoy thing. And then we find out that the original Nick Fury Sr. is still alive, but he's really, really old. Because mm. he's, what's it called? The Millennium Formula? Is that what it's uh, called? The Infinity, Infinity Formula. Infinity Formula. Infinity Formula has worn off. Just assume mm. it's Infinity something in the market. <laughs> <Yeah. place. laughs> so with the Infinity Formula wearing off, he's now aging. Mm. Um, and we find out, for the first time, I think, in the Marvel Universe, we actually find out why Nick Fury is as secretive as he actually is. Mm. And it's not just about S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. was something else entirely. Mm. He's had a side mission this entire time, and he's been basically, for lack of a better word, a guardian yeah. of the planet. And he has been taking care of alien threats and before anything they happen. Before they happen, and basically that means I he's guess been like the, the split, an assassination person. He's like an intergalactic comedian from like the Watchmen. Yeah, point, a little bit. Know. Yeah, I guess like it's, to me, like it only became clear when you get to the real end of the story, like um, that he Nick Fury is essentially the Watcher if the Watcher acted upon. His decision. Yes. If he wasn't just a watcher. Yeah, if yeah. he wasn't yeah. just a watcher. Yeah. yeah, basically. And I love the fact that there's a line in this, and I think, once again, this is harking back to the films, and I think they're kind of pushing it towards the film world, mm. where Nick Fury talks about all of the various people he's pulled together in this thing mm. as potential recruits to replace him mm. as this assassin in space, basically. Mm. Um, and one of them is Black Widow. And he actually he's talking to Captain America, and there's a wonderful sequence where he oh, basically says yeah. he says I've been grooming her this entire time, but she's become more like you talking to Captain America, and that's actually a good thing. Yeah, and so it's like she's out of the running because she has become more like. And Captain we're America. seeing that parallel in the film. And yeah, exactly, as well. and I think that's really wonderful because you got to remember if you date it back because I'm old school and you date it back Black Widow first came into the Marvel that Dave was old that Dave was old the Marvel, when I first started reading Marvel comics Black Widow was a villain she was she wasn't an out of Avenger she's got a lot of red in her legend yeah she's got a lot of red in her legend so she came into it as basically a, I think she was a Spider-Man villain actually at uh, one she, point. she was yeah yeah and so it's really interesting how they've developed this character over the years and turned her into a superhero where mm. she was just an She's assassin. an Avenger now. She's, She's an Avenger. A exactly. core member of the Avenger. Yeah. Fact. So, uh, and, I, and I love the fact that that's acknowledged. 
Yes. In this, in, in this. And I love the fact that, once again, Rocket Raccoon is like, I have no fracking idea why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> All either. And I, well, Gamora actually says something along the lines of, I have no interest in this whatsoever. Yeah. You know? This thing is, it, it's, it's, an, it's, it's a fairly literate uh, kind of journey through Marvel as well. It's one of those events where. If, if you read comics, if you know the Marvel Universe, and, and I realize how much of it I know now over the mm. course of doing the show for three years, and, and bearing in mind I was barely a, a Marvel reader I at remember. the start of this. I was DC boy through and through. Uh, that I kind of got to do the, the checkbox as I went through this series going, yep, know them, know them, know yep. them. And, and it is a book that rewards you if you, if you, if you know your comics. It's actually one of the things I actually love about the Marvel Universe, because I have been a Marvel boy most of my life, is the fact that these characters are so rich, we can put them into any environment. We mm. Basically, we've grown with these characters. It's actually one of the differentiating things between Marvel and DC that, that for me, still sticks out. And it's a yeah. very personal thing. But I, I once read that kind of summed it up for me, where they said that Marvel characters are based in the real world with real problems. Yes. DC characters are gods, mm, yeah. you know, and that kind of and super that, gods, super gods, and that's fun. <laughs> and, thing, and, and it's almost as though, yeah, DC almost exists in the Silver Age bubble to this day. Yeah, and 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 all that's fun. I love Wonder Woman. I love Superman. I love that. But I connect with mm. Marvel characters. Well, Marvel yeah. characters from 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 the from the outset were, as you say, grounded in the real world. And I think the the other thing about Marvel characters for better or for worse, is that they've grown with us. They've mm. grown with the audience. You know, every now and then, you know, Superman's reset to the beginning. And in, in the case of the New 52, they've set everybody to back to the beginning. But with Marvel, you, you've, you've seen there's a couple of cool characters in here who are the progressed versions of those characters. Mm. Bucky Barnes mm. yeah. is a major character in here who's gone through at least two or three incarnations. He's gone from being... Bucky, the sidekick to Captain America, to Captain America, to being himself. dead, to being well, to, oh, being to being the Winter villain. Soldier. Yeah. The Winter Soldier is a villain. Yeah. To being the Winter Soldier is a good guy. To being Captain America. To now back being the Winter Soldier again, but as a good guy. Mm. Well, and then being mm. a secret agent for a while, exactly. Because the last yeah. run of the Winter Soldier, he was basically covert. Mm. And this, um, this 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 series seems to lead us into a new. Winter Soldier series that's kicking off later. Yeah, this I year. noticed that in the last the last uh, panel says issue one, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. Which, you know, I think I think that's gonna be I mean, there's a couple of series that this will lead into, including an Angela series, apparently. Um and Which is interesting because she's not even in the book. No, no, no but I think it's gonna <laughs> circle around and we'll we'll in we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this book before we get to the final spoilers and the Who Done It. Mm. Uh because that leads into where Nick Fury Senior's at by the end of this book. And I think that will sort of change the status quo of the Marvel U a little bit as well. I think um, I think this is one of the the best events that I've read in a long time. Maybe the the, the thing yeah. that gets closest to my mind is Civil War, mm. just because this this um, event in particular, like Civil War, doesn't have much fighting at all, really. No, it's, it's like a- it, it, it's focused on like um, people talking together and and like as Richard's saying, it actually progresses characters through there are events that change any event that can actually actually shift the universe yeah whereas like infinity and avx and like all the stuff of late as good as they have been i think they they're just like fighting issues can i just you know like there's huge wars huge fighting i agree but can i just sidebar for a second there's ads in this and adds things for this upcoming thing, Marvel Axis. Yeah, I'm not sure what I Axis have no is idea about. what that yeah. is. If mm. anyone can t- explain that to us, mm. no, feedback at behindthepanels.net or think, our yeah. Facebook page. I'm yeah, sure if we just, went and did a G-Base article, we'd probably yeah, find it's it. It's like one of Kelly Sue's lists. I think we need <laughs> one of those. You know? I just really like what, what Dave just said about like um, you know, DC characters are gods and 
these are real people because that's kind of where I think Marvel is the strongest. Yes. Like, especially, and it's really on show here where it's about like ha- people having to work together and it's about human secrets mm, and, mm. you know, it, it's about and what it, and, well. and in a way it's like, yeah. it's a very, like, what does it mean to be a human being on earth? And, and, and what does it mean through to- the eyes of, like the literal eyes of a dead being, and and what do we know, leave for behind? a dead god? You know, you what, know. what things do we leave behind? What legacy do we leave behind? What secrets? What, what the secrets that we carry around with us for our whole lives? What does that mean to the next generation mm. of people? Like for because- Christ, for Christ's sake, sorry, Richard. Like the the first issue of this has a scene where they're sitting around eating burgers. No, eating yeah. steaks. Yeah. Eating steaks. steaks. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. steaks. Yeah, you know, yeah. and like that's the kind of stuff that I love. Because there's like, a line like, later yeah. where he says, "Jesus, Nick, we were sharing steaks a while." Yeah, <laughs> like, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Like, well, like we, we we joked a few episodes ago about like if if we were writing an event, it would be like the party at the X Mansion, and we yeah. all just hang out <laughs> no. and drink. You know, like that's where you can really you know dig into who these are people are yeah. as heroes the so Marvel movies actually, do them actually, really well like really you know how, how great it was in Guardians like just when they're kicking it yeah you know? it's actually one of the things <laughs> yeah. I absolutely yeah. adore we're all standing about, now like idiots yeah, yeah. it's yeah. one of the things I actually adored about Bendis' run of New Avengers uh, during that during the, his golden age when Bendis was doing Avengers and New Avengers because a lot of the issues were Luke Cage and company hanging around Avengers Mansion just yeah. Yeah. being people. Yeah. Which, which I think is the distinction we can draw between this and other events. And I hate to bring up the ghost of Age of Ultron, mm. uh, but one of the things that a lot of people complained about that book was that there were endless pages of talking which were nothing but exposition. Mm. This this is I think that I think you guys have hit the nail on the head exactly. The the, the sitting around talking bits. Are, are just character development. Mm. They're not They're, actually exposition. They're not driving the story. They're not saying, and then this happened. But then, but then, as you said, that we'll drop back to it later. Like yeah. we, we were we're eating steak with you. You yeah. know, that that was just a little moment that was in there. Where it's nice, and it was a nice scene setting thing. But then you can recall it later and and realize just how messed up that scene was. Given you know Nick uh, Nick Fury's sort of quote unquote betrayal later well, on. Well, and uh, not only that, it turns out that they serious. weren't even sitting with Nick Fury. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that was the the big that was the big betrayal of the we were eating exactly. steaks. It was the fact that it was a life model decoy. It wasn't even <laughs> yeah. Nick Fury. You know? This is why exactly like Civil War is the like the ultimate of this Civil kind War of story. and Siege because I put them two and together. Siege, I yeah. put the two together because yeah. those two events. I've not read are Siege. But, a masterpiece. But I mean, there are some issues in Civil War where it's just like Tony Stark gives a press conference and then that's the first two pages, mm. and then the next page is Peter Parker showing up and they just have a dialogue about the philosophy of yeah. what mm. does it, what does it mean to be on this side of one the of war? My, and it's like insane. You know? One of my favorite issues of Secret Avengers actually uh, was an issue which was set. The entire issue is set in a newsroom. Yeah. Um, and it's about uh, one superhero has died, and they're all or they the speculation that he's died, and they're c- concocting headlines and stuff, basically um, trying to build click counts, basically. And Black Widow bursts through the window, <laughs> and sits, and the entire issue is her trying to get them to justify the way that they treat mm. heroes and them saying, well, what's it matter? Cause the heroes all come back to life anyway. And black widow explaining that this is actually a horrific thing mm. because you got to think that these people think they die. They go through all of this and then to find themselves back again. How does that make you feel? And it's just this dialogue piece. And it's this one issue, which is a dialogue piece about superheroes dying. Mm. And it is one of the most compelling issues of a comic book and there's no fighting there's mm. no super villains you know and it's just this amazing piece of writing you know it's really good and speaking of dying i suppose it's time we should get into some some deep spoilers mm. into let's spoil it so the the so big who shot him richard the who the who big who done it uh from this whole thing for eight issues is who shot the watcher mm. 
and it becomes fairly obvious who you know midway through who it is. It is Nick Fury Senior, mm. but he may not be fully responsible for for what he did. In fact, it seems that Uatu orchestrated his own suicide mm. in a lot of ways at the hand of Nick Fury. Uh, and, and, and in effect, he becomes, I think, Nick Fury by the end of this becomes the unseen or something like that, which mm. is basically becoming the action version of The Watcher. Yeah. He actually becomes that. But then Nick Fury wants to hand over his role. So we kind of. But his, to... his role does get handed over. And I think this is where yeah. the Winter Soldier book is going because it looks like Bucky is taking over mm. the assassin role. Uh, because the last one of the last panels of this book is him taking out an alien. Yeah. Where basically the aliens are like, Watcher's gone, this has happened, blah, blah, blah. It's time to take over Earth and suddenly his head just explodes. Yeah, just, and you see Bucky Barnes with the gun. <laughs> you, know, you go, okay, he's on duty. <laughs> the, the the cynic in me would, would say, and I sort of intimated this earlier thing, was that the whole series orchestrated basically to to take Nick Fury Sr. completely out of the picture just so his black eye-patched son can be the only Nick Fury in the Marvel U because he's the same one we've got in the movies. Mm. And that's probably pretty much what they were doing. Yeah. And so they're, they're, they're tying that up and our core Avengers now pretty much look like the ones in the movie. So, yeah. look, you know, uh, from a company perspective, very smart move. Uh, and so if that that's the cynical end to this. But I think... But the beautiful thing is we'll always have Nick Fury Sr. because yes. there's life model decoys We've everywhere. Got, they can still pop up. Like, hey, found another yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> like Although a, I think there is a line like in whack-a-moles. There is a line. There is a line near the end that said that didn't. Wasn't there a line somewhere they said they all became inactive or something like that, or yeah. they all disappeared yeah. or something? But the actual original Nick Fury, he's he's shuffling around like he's sort of chained Mar- to the moon. Isn't he? He's chained to the moon. He's yeah. shuffling around like Marley's ghost in <laughs> you know yeah. uh, Dickens. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's just shuffling around. I love there's that one shot though. There's one shot in the last issue where they say, "I think something's going on." They go, y- "You think?" And yeah. there's a shot. And it's just a, a ring of watchers watching what's yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, but, yeah, but something's David, going on. Who's watching the watcher? Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, you know, when all said and done, really, really, really enjoy the series. It's a really solid piece of writing. Absolutely, because uh, like it it's a lot. Jason Aaron, guys. That's true, but yeah. there's other consequences that came out of this. Just little you get a thr- real writer, write a comic. You get it's a true. true story. <laughs> but little, little little things that were almost Southern Bastards came out this week, by the way. Just to mention, oh yeah, I've actually got to catch yeah. up on Southern yeah. Bastards as well. But but speaking of Jason Aaron, there's a little throwaway piece in this, which was about Thor. Someone whispered something in Thor's ear, and he was no longer worthy to hold the hammer, mm. which is going to lead into the new female. Thor. And in fact, we've saw it twice because what do you reckon it? that secret is? Hey. Um, your hair looks really silly. <laughs> we got two shot two. I liked hits. you better with the no, no, helmet. No, no, no. Human growth hormone. <laughs> <laughs> so we got two two hints. Sock stuffed in the shorts. <laughs> so we got two hints to the new female Thor coming up, which were I think it was in issue seven or something like that when he first drops the hammer and can't yes. lift it. But then at the end of issue eight, after they basically they've left. And he goes, what happened to Thor? There's a shot of him still on the moon. Yeah. He's trying to lift the hammer. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, like, I'm looking, I, I'm actually, I'm back in. I'm going to have to catch up on Thor so I can get back into yeah. all that sort of stuff again now. But, uh, but yeah, we recommend you read this. If you, if you haven't, getting them, haven't been getting them in singles, the collection's out very soon, so go and grab that. Does the collection contain digitally. the points? 
don't know. I haven't looked the point at the, issues. I wonder the if it thing. does. Can, Usually like, they they just do the the eight first. I'm guessing, and, and then, then release a, a collection a of the points. Well, probably, yeah, yeah. actually, probably what Marvel's been doing lately a lot is original sin eight issues, and then something like the original sin companion, yeah. mm. which will be all the uh, the other bits yeah. and pieces. All I recommend Marvel. this. Look, I've been really hard on Marvel events because the last couple of years have not been pretty. From fear itself onwards, mm, have yeah. not been pretty. But this one, I will recommend. This I think this, a big yeah win. Yeah, but this is a big thumbs up. Axis might lose us again because Axis seems to be another Avengers versus X Men kind of thing yeah, that's happening. I'm so over X Men right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over Avengers versus X Men. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually kind of over. You mean you're over the four separate groups of X Men? Just the X Men. The, the 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 mutants, dude. the X folk, <laughs> the X folk. <laughs> I'm kind of over the X folk at the moment. I don't, and it's really sad because that was my choice. You're an book. anti-mutant, is, aren't you? Is, I is, am. Do you guys know if Xavier's back in the, in X Men? I've got no I know. idea. I have lost so, so I'm yeah. so I'm, out of I'm touch. I'm way off the radar on that. Yeah. yeah, I need to look. I'm I'm going to you know gird my loins and actually sit down and read X Men and catch up to do it at some point. Just I'm not ready yeah, yet. Yeah. I'm just not ready yet. But you probably won't in the next week because we'll be preparing for next week's show, which is our livest show yet. <laughs> uh, next week, issue 109, as we may have mentioned earlier in several weeks running, uh, as our first live show, which will be live from Oz Comic Con in Sydney. If you haven't already, you can get your tickets at OzComicCon.com. I'll also be giving away two double passes on the site this week at BehindThePanels.net. So if you can't afford to go, you might win some tickets as well. Uh, we gave some out to Brisbane last week. So hopefully we'll hear from you guys, uh, if you're listeners, to tell us what you thought. Go, go to the website, go to the contact page, leave us some voicemail and we mm-hmm. can play that out on the show. If not, we're looking forward to seeing a bunch of you next week. We're really, really looking forward to actually meeting some of these audience we're members. Very we're very excited about. about this show. You may not have guessed that, but you know. Yeah, I'm 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 not gonna wear any clothes. <laughs> now just so, you can, just so you can see how excited I am. Just how oh, You're just, not wearing any clothes right now. So. <laughs> oh, it's the middle of the night. No, just, <laughs> he's ready for bed, he's in his jammies already. <laughs> I told you it's morning, it's my morning glory. <laughs> um, just so that you just put this into context, we always thought that our hundredth episode should have been a live show. Yeah. So we're just Ten episodes behind. <laughs> so. Yeah, episode one hundred and nine, the the less spectacular one hundred ninth episode <laughs> no, live look, spectacular. Nine episodes late, but we're finally doing the live show. Sure, so. But we're gonna do. We decided to do two of them instead. <laughs> so look, look if this goes well, we're doing a lot more of these things, yeah. and and if you know, we might if if we don't sort of get officially sponsored to do this in some way, we we might see if we can kickstart something to fly to your city and do one there. If there's that'd enough, be cool. Uh, uh, call for it around a con or something like that. But uh, so go if you haven't already. We actually had one person already on Facebook say, "I've done my homework. I've read the Killing Joke. I'm going to be there, front row, watch you guys." So I think that was uh, Graham John Parker. So we haven't done looking fe- forward to seeing you there. We haven't done a feedback section for a while, but we're actually going to take live questions on the show. Yeah. So while we're doing it, so and if, got- if you have a live question. We might have something to give you on the day. Ooh, prizes. Prizes. There's going to be prizes, <laughs> surprises, and all us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there's us. <laughs> to, 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 to just to be clear, it's still us. It's still just the show. It's still just the show with an extra person <laughs> and minus one person. And handheld know. mics. Mm. Unfortunately, we're not going to have good old Dave Longo <laughs> with us because... Uh, Frankly, we're ashamed of him. Yeah. Uh, but also, he's off shooting. If I'd f- sit on stage, they'd all leave. Right? <laughs> People would be standing up going, well, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> no, he's Dave- too handsome for the show. <laughs> Dave's going to be doing something far more important. He's actually going to be shooting a feature film. Uh, while we're Damn all- him. Damn him. So- <laughs> if I survive it, guys. 
Yeah, like if, if, if he's not frozen into some kind of stake. If the, I'm not in a car wreck on the side of like some, <laughs> some drop. Like getting there, I'm not even kidding you, getting there is like going to the Oval Oh, we must remind people, <laughs> like, unsealed roads and... <laughs> yeah. You need a four-wheel drive, but if you don't have one, then just say yes. <laughs> yeah, wow. anyway. What we is it, what be is joking it? about this. They've got a Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is my last panel's episode. Can I... Yeah. You've served us well, yeah, son. Yeah, yeah. Can I just sidebar again? Speaking of those sidebar. border Jeep episodes, we've got a couple of minutes. Why is it in every Jeep ad, everyone seems so incredulous that someone's bought a Jeep? It seems counterproductive. Mm. Like, you bought a Jeep? What the hell would you do that for, <laughs> you, you dickhead? Well, also, uh, also, <laughs> 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 well, I just watched this. I, think, I bought a Jeep. So? <laughs> you know? Good for you. Wow. No, you know, you, you know you're in trouble when you're driving straight and the the road feels smooth and then all of it's a sudden a it j- starts to feel gravelly and then and then it starts to feel And even then you more wish you had gravelly. a Jeep. <laughs> it's not a Jeep, yeah. it's an Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then you can't oh. see a street light and you're wondering, hey, I'm gonna be leaving here when it's dark. So this is Dave's <laughs> final episode. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, behind the panels. Uh, next week, we'll play the sad Hulk music uh, in place. If you look, you know, Dave, it's been wonderful working with you. Uh, Enjoy your time away. <laughs> uh, Whatever you end up. Uh, and uh, we'll see you on the and other to side. to all my bastard children, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are all the ones you're acknowledging or not acknowledging? Uh, the, mm, mm. the ones on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, next they time- took the oath. Next time we're back in the studio, it'll be Dave Longo's life model decoy. Uh, my direwolf di- will be here. Until then, you can find me on Twitter at DVD Bits. You can find me on BehindThePanels.net, on Newsarama.com, and of course live on stage at Oz Comic Con Sydney on the 13th and 14th of September. And you can find me on that same stage doing all those same things or on Twitter at the Bay. Stereo. In stereo. <laughs> uh, you can Just find heads. me back here in a couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Or a few weeks. And, yeah. we'll pro- and we'll be talking about um, Fatale. Probably. Fatale. Yeah. <laughs> Fatal. We'll be talking about Fatal. original sin. <laughs> <laughs> but until that fine day, I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. I'm David Longo. And this is Behind the Panels. It's